Huskies, January 1, 7.45 p.m., New Orleans Central Time Sugar Bowl. What do we got to do? Hey, Longhorns, we play big games well. Good. We better. Um, we got a big offense coming in here. Secondary is going to be tested all day. D-line, do what you've done all year, and then some communicate. You know what I really want to see? Let me just talk about an intangible out there downfield blocking. You know how good we are, Longhorns, when you receivers, when we block downfield? You know how good we are when the play's over and and, and, and a running back's 30 yards down the field, but I see three offensive linemen still blocking down there? Take that mentality of that game, run them out of New Orleans, move on to the next one, hook them. Well, there's someone optimistic looking forward, starting off 2024 in the uh, in the right way. Matthew McConaughey. No, no need for the uh, who is that. I knew exactly who that was when I heard a little whistle there at the end of one of his statements. Yeah, and all the someone doing dishes in the background. I think that was what's going on there, doing it from his house. But yeah, that was uh, Matthew McConaughey's breakdown before the game. Longhorns, we play well in big games. Good. Okay. Remember yeah. one game in October where that wasn't the case. But all right, Matt, you didn't last night. Washington, honestly, probably should have won that game by uh, a couple scores rather than just the uh, six-port margin that they that they did last night. But that kind of, uh, I, like, Texas' best season since offense, uh, since 2009, they will get momentum off of that, but not like they would have if they were playing in six days for a national championship. So I like to see the momentum of that program halted at least a little bit going into the offseason. Yeah, we know what that feels like to – now, I will say at least they were uh... – uh, competitive. We were in a couple that weren't competitive, uh, but you know that Georgia game was one of the best playoff games in the entire era. Um, but we know how it feels to end up just kind of being a, a side note in the playoff, making it and losing it in you know in the semifinal. It just doesn't. I mean, it's nice to be in it and to claim that you're in it and to be a part of the action and to be a part of the conversation for that entire month. It's hard to brag about to it. it after if you just get boat raced right. out of the stadium. And that, to your That's point, right. that didn't happen to them. But I bet they've got to feel like – and I thought Washington was the better team. I thought the wrong team was favored. But Texas was favored in the game, and it looked like a home game for them when they were yeah. doing crowd shots last night. So – the fact that the the title game was in Houston, they had the home crowd last night. They were favored to to win. I, I and I hope they do feel this way because it makes them feel even worse today after a loss. But I bet they feel like they let one slip away. Yeah, yeah, probably so. And um, might look like they were out of it and they had that opportunity late. We'll see though. We'll see how they bounce back from it. Um, we're on to terribly. next year. Hopefully, they do yeah. a terrible job of bouncing back from it. They've got a uh, like based on the results of the 2024 SC, or 2023 SEC season, mm-hmm. they have a much more manageable schedule than OU, but they got to go to Michigan and well OU doesn't have a team the caliber of Michigan and their non-conference schedule next year. Right. In fact, it is um it'll really be that point in the year, that time of the year a week from now, the day after the national championship game, but it kind of feels like we're already there. The way too early look at the 2024 season, that, that time of the year. 
yeah. Peter Peter Burns, who um, he works for the SEC Network. He early ha- he already has his early twenty twenty four SEC rankings vibes. Okay. Where do you, where do you think um, where do you think OU falls on this list? Let me pull up the standings here currently, so I have all the teams in the Southeastern Conference I can look at. Okay, he will have. Georgia or Alabama, one and two. Uh, no, well, h- half of that's right. Georgia at one, but not Alabama at two. Georgia at one, not Alabama at two. Okay. Um, I don't even know where to go. Oh yeah, you that. come on. It's the off season. Who wins? Texas. The o- yeah, Texas at two. Uh, okay, Georgia one, Texas two. Uh, Alabama three, yeah. probably Ole Miss yeah. four, probably Missouri yeah. five, probably LSU six, LSU or Tennessee uh, six, seven. Probably has this eighth, middle of the road. Number six, uh, right Number in front six. of. Yeah, uh, Georgia at one, Texas at two, Bama at three, Ole Miss at four, Missouri at five, OU at six. LSU at seven, Tennessee at eight, Kentucky at nine, and A and M at ten. Okay, but I mean, and this is just one guy's opinion. But if this is any sort of right, OU in the SEC first year will play the number two team Texas, the number three team Alabama, the number four team Ole Miss, the number five team Missouri. You are the number six team, the number seven team LSU. And the number eighteen Tennessee, so you'll play six of the top eight in year one. One of those is you, and the other one is Georgia. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean that's how it's going to be. I don't know how next year's going to going to end. I I think Ole Miss will probably. I think they'll probably finish around the area that they. He has them slated. What's he have them at four? Yeah. Um, that's I guess that's probably where they were this year. They probably finished fourth. They were second in the West to, to Alabama. They were eleven and two. But um, and I know they've got a bunch of portal guys. You have the number one portal well. class right now, according to twenty four seven. We'll see how that ends up for him. I I still think that Ole Miss is. I, I just I didn't think they were all that good this year. No, and they're going to have sky high expectations going into next year, and I just don't. I, for that program, I think that could be tough to deal with. I think they'll mm-hmm. have, in a lot of ways, some unrealistic expectations. I think Missouri's probably in the same category as Ole Miss. Like they'll they'll return some production, sure, and they have some nice pieces coming in. But will the expectations be way too high for what the reality of their team is going to be next year? Because not well, everyone knows how to deal with. High expectations, if we talked about multiple times, Ole Miss and Missouri would be two programs that I would look at. Well, yeah, I don't – maybe it's the high expectations. I think it's more of he, – he's been in a – he's been in a situation where they've been the little engine that could, and, you know, you can throw zingers at everyone's direction because, you know, it really doesn't matter if you win. And you've got a ton of buy-in from your football team because it's quirky and it's cool and it's fun to be there. Well, that all has officially changed. 
whenever you brought in all the names that you brought in and all of the, um, you know, the egos and the attitudes and the personalities that comes with that and the demands that come with that and people have now invested in the program and that cranks the anger up whenever you don't win the games you're supposed to. So, yeah, I, it's going to be fun to watch that unfold. But, you know, I'll say like they tend, they have a pretty good feeling about the program right now, it feels like. Yeah. 214 says, why Texas at number two, they lose a bunch of production. I'm going to guess that it's what we always make fun of. Texas made the playoff this year, but – they have their quarterback coming back, some nice pieces coming in. So, I mean, Texas always has incredible hype in the offseason. This is no yep. different. I would not project them at number two in the SEC going into next year, though. I, yep. I just don't think – like, they do lose some production, especially at the skill spots. I'm going to guess with Sark, they'll end up being okay there. They will probably won't be as good as they were this year. I just – I don't look at Quinn Ewers as a guy to carry an offensive – A.D. Mitchell and Xavier Worthy and some guys aren't out there, though. No, he can't. He can't. Well, you know, I'll, I'll leave. I'll leave some room for improvement uh, for him. You know, but I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I'm more concerned, really, with Oklahoma and I, what are we going to do at some spots? You know, we. We don't lose nearly as much as Texas loses, but we're still going to lose some guys. And, you know, even though I'm still incredibly optimistic, I guess we, we, you're never for sure what the future holds with, with Jackson Arnold. I think there's a ton of talent there. Um, I hope all of the turnovers didn't stunt his growth and his aggressiveness as a quarterback. You know, I – I'm curious to see what the offensive line is is going to look like. I know we got some good, good looking young prospects, um, but you know we're going to have to patch it in for the time being again. And you know, I'm again, I'm I'm curious to see what does our offensive style look like. You know. Yeah. Well, I. How does the run game look different? I mean, the way that it looks on January 2nd, and not that the offense can't be good. I I think the offense has a chance to be good for sure. But this may need to be a team next year that's led and carried by its defense, the way that I'm looking at it right now, you know. And and they still got some things to shore up on the interior of the defensive line for sure. But when you got guys like Bowman and Stutzman coming back, again, the offense can be good. But are they going to have, like, two guys that have played as much football as those two on the offensive side, the leaders, like, everything that they bring? I, I, don't, I don't know who those guys are right now. It's probably going to need to be a team that's, that's defensively led next year. Yeah. And it needs to be the best defense that we've talked about for over a decade, I think. Yeah. It, it really does need to be. I mean, in, in my opinion, you have zero excuses moving forward. I It's – it's going to be year three in this system. You've been immersed in it every single day. Uh, no more excuses, in in my opinion, moving forward. There, there shouldn't be a guy that's that's still having mistakes out there, still having busts, still having free runners. Now, things are going to happen time, time to time in the chaos of a football game, but it can't be a repetitive theme game after game after game. Yeah, agree. 
Cherokee Sooner, Washington looked all right, all right, all right last night. Uh, 50 Clint from UConn. Matthew M. is a whistle talker. Blue just gives a couple of middle fingers emoji to uh, Matt McConaughey. 918, God, I'm so glad Matthew McConaughey is not our emotional hype speaker before a game. Did you guys hear the boss break down our first half? He was so spot on. Uh, Kate of the 918, and this is kind of what we're talking about here. Do we have an offensive or defensive uh, that's better than any of those teams that you just named off, asking for a friend? An offensive or defensive? What line. does that offensive mean? Offensive or defensive line better Off- than any okay. of those teams that we just named off. Uh, in the Southeastern Conference? Correct. Uh, yeah. I mean, we'll see. As a, as a product right now, today – I'm not exactly sure, but by the time next season kicks off, yeah, I think we will. Sean says, honest question, our last six losses we've led in the fourth quarter. Is that offense or defense or game management issue, and how do we fix this? I think it's all of the above. I mean, sometimes it's been offense. This year, majority of it's been offense. Um, you know, there's been times that defense has had its hand in it. Um, whenever you're operating with no margin for error, game management always becomes more critical and way more difficult. Uh, special teams has been a factor. I mean, I, I don't know that you can just grab one thing and point to it. Um, it, it feels like it's it's to some degree something new every game, you know? Yeah. I, I know we lost in the fourth quarter to Arizona, but – we didn't really lose in the fourth. I know we got outscored in the fourth quarter. We got blanked in the fourth quarter, but I mean, six turnovers. You just you can't you can't make it past the six turnovers because at some point I feel like and it was in the fourth quarter. The defense kind of threw their hands up in the air and it's like we can't do it anymore. Well, Bob even said it last hour, and it's true. Like I, I guess it just goes to show how really in the second and third quarter how much better OU was in the game. He's he said you can't win with six turnovers, but could OU have won with four? Pro- probably. I think he's right about that. They would have yeah. won with four turnovers. Yeah, and the winning percentage, losing the turnover battle one to four, is. You, you probably win like 10% of the games. <laughs> like college football is probably more than that because, you know, there's there's there can be a large discrepancy between teams. But you turn the ball over four times, typically, almost uniformly, you're not going to win the game. Two more texts. We'll hit a break, and then we'll uh, hit the latest in the transfer portal on the other side. This one says, Matthew McConaughey looks like he smells awful. Yeah. He, uh, for a while, didn't wear deodorant. Wasn't that his thing? He wanted the natural smell. The all-natural move. I don't know if he still does that or not. I try not to get that close to him. Uh, I've done that a couple of times, not by choice. It just kind of happened on, like, day three of a lake weekend, and I can't handle it myself. Uh, it's a horrible feeling. So, I think that was his thing, though. It was. I, don't, I don't know if he yeah, changed his stance it on that, but it, it was. One more. Peyton says it's a lot of motivation, too, for this offseason. Last year it was revenge for Texas. This year, it needs to be a focus on finishing. Yeah. Amongst other things, but for sure, absolutely, that needs to be a focus. I agree. All right. Keep the text coming. We'll get to more of those next. 651 
hanging out at Newcastle Casino today. We'll be back. The word is spreading, and the Ref Army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans, and that's the Ref Radio Sports Network. And world students with a community of support to ensure that they have everything they need to engage in learning. We go all in for kids, all day, every day. To learn more, visit communitiesinschools.org. Maybe I'm wrong here, and maybe this will be a bad soundbite, but people need to see what happened tonight, and they need to fix this. It needs to be fixed. It's very unfortunate that they, who has a good football team and a good football program, are in the position they're in. And everybody can say it's their fault and it's their own problem. All right, and everybody can say that we had our guys and they didn't have their guys. I can listen to all that, but college football has got to decide what they want. And I know things are changing, and I think things are going to change next year. And you know what? There's going to still be bowl games outside of those. People got to decide what they want and what they really want to get out of it, because it's really unfortunate for those kids on that sideline that had to play in that game that didn't have their full arsenal, and it affected the game 100 percent. Boy, Kirby Smart really is an SEC head coach, isn't he? You can't confuse Kirby for anyone else or a coach at another conference. Says program. College football's got to decide what they want. Um, <laughs> yeah. Kirby sounds uh, SEC. He doesn't belong in any other conference. You can keep it this way if you want to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amongst some other things that were said there. That was Kirby after the uh, Orange Bowl, and I agree with him. I hope he's right. I hope things do change uh, coming up in the sport. OU got a player in the portal today from Utah on a PWO. Jocelyn Malaska, Utah cornerback, will have three years of eligibility remaining. Originally from Bethany, but this is a PWO who was a three-star in the 2022 class. OU figures to be pretty good at corner. If I'm ranking uh, positions right now going into next year, corner's not number one necessarily, but it may be in the top three. So I don't think he's going to be counted on to play immediately next year, but this is a guy that maybe he has a real development year, and in the the last two years that he's here, he can play at a high level for you. But that's, that's the most recent ad today. Yeah. Got a little brother that are really recruiting hard in 26. Yeah, that, I guess that was an interest. I, I, was that on anybody's radar? I didn't. I didn't know much about it coming into today, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. What What else is popping out there with the transfer portal? Anything? Got a couple of visits this week. Uh, first, you have Caden Woolert, the number forty two overall player in the portal, according to twenty four seven. He's the Miami of Ohio defensive end, and I guess Miami of Ohio was playing some legit defense. At the end of this year, I know some people roll their eyes at Miami of Ohio defensive end, but he's a top 50 player in the portal, according to 24-7. He'll be here tomorrow, and then this guy's scheduled to be here this week. We'll see if it happens. Uh, Nick Scorton, he he led the Big Ten in sacks this year from Purdue, the number eight player in the portal via 24-7. He'll be at A&M tomorrow, Florida State on the fourth, Missouri on the fifth, and OU on the sixth. So I huh. say, hopefully he makes it here this weekend because, well, A and M, Florida State, Missouri all get visits before OU does, and you know, yeah, everyone really wants him. So you know what that normally means. Uh, 
there's going to be a high price. And he's a he's a defensive end, right? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. They well, he's listed as a DN outside backer, whatever, but he gets to the quarterback, right. led the Big Ten in sacks. Yeah, well, there you go. And then Casey Thompson, um, I, it's, it, that one's felt uh, positive, optimistic for about a week and a half now, and there is a growing thought that that one could be wrapped up by the end of the week. That could be your backup quarterback for next year. Good. Well, um, I I know that seems like a weird one to people, and I don't know why. I guess just because he's been everywhere, and I guess I guess I look like you may not. You're probably not going to have to use a scholarship to to get him in. I I just. Kind of feels like a home run. It doesn't honestly. change. Well, yeah, I mean, it doesn't change my opinion of next year. I, if I'm picking nine wins, it doesn't move it to ten wins. I just it's someone who's played a lot of college football. He won't take up a scholarship, and he could be your backup quarterback potentially. I, I think it's I think it's good. Well, yeah, but you know how it goes. There's going to be this this feeling of. Uh, you got Thompson out of the the transfer portal. Whenever we need an offensive line or defensive line, uh, we're getting destroyed. You know how it goes. I mean, I mean, yes, you can get both, but I don't know how it has to be one or the other. I think they'll end up well, getting hey, an offensive lineman or two. You're preaching to the choir on this one. I understand, but you know how it goes. I know how it goes, yeah. Also, the portal deadline is technically – it's not technically. It is today. Um, I guess I said technically because we'll still hear names tomorrow and into late this week that will be available in the transfer portal. You yeah. don't have to decide by today. You just have to tell your coaching staff or your ex-coaching staff by today of your intentions to enter into the transfer portal. So I bring that up because David Hicks isn't in the portal. And we're still on David Hicks' watch to see if he does get into the transfer portal. But if you don't hear about it today... And you still want to be optimistic? Well, we could find out even tomorrow um, that, that he's in the portal at some point. Right. But there's well, no real scuttlebutt one way or the other on what's going to happen, I guess. How stupid is that that you don't have to decide? Like, you just have to let them know? Yeah. Like, what does that even mean? I, I know spring ball isn't necessarily right around the corner, but I know everyone would like to have a pretty good idea of what they're going to look like going into spring ball, even at this time yeah. of the year. Yeah, I, I, I hate the transfer portal. And I, I think there's usefulness in it, and I think, you know, whenever guys have, like, just flat out aren't going to play somewhere, or, you know, want to. I don't know. It's just it's like anything else. Like it's just for totally instance, abused. like Dave McCullough. Uh, freshman this year at OU. He entered yeah. in the transfer portal. I, I totally get that one. Sounds like the writing was on the wall for him. Um, he followed his brother here. Like, that one's just not going to work out at OU. Like, that, that's, right. that's fine. That's cool. I think he's, yeah. he's leaving under good circumstances. I, I, got, I got no problem with that. It's, you know, but even, even a, a situation like that, a lot of times it's, it's guys that are leaving or being forced to leave before they really should because you have to keep up and you have to 
you know, you have to take advantage of some of the guys that are out there because someone is someone's going to. And that's why college football never gets anything done. And it took 100 years to get a championship game. And we're just now about to move into a 12-team playoff is because for every, you know, 50 teams that hate it, there's one that likes it and thinks they can get an advantage. And since they can get an advantage, they don't want to change. And since they don't want to change, you're just you're stuck. Uh, you can never have consensus on anything. Like right now, it's going to be hard to convince teams like Ole Miss and Missouri and USC or whoever those other teams, Colorado, whoever those schools are, it's going to be impossible to convince them that it's bad for college football and we got to move in a different direction. They'll hang on to it to the bitter end, and that's why you can't ever get anything done. It's true. Um, by the way, speaking of the portal, this broke, I think, right as we went off the air on Friday, right after. But someone texted it to me. I looked at this name, where they're going in the portal, and thought, golly, isn't that a great spot for that kid? Tawi going to Wisconsin. And they changed, oh, yeah. they've changed their offense with Luke Fickle. They're trying to spread it out a little bit more, throw the ball around a little bit more, but it's still Wisconsin, and there's still a place for Tawi Walker to have a really good season in Madison. And I bet yeah. he, that he probably does. Yep. Um, what they play? They played LSU, right? They played LSU in the bowl game yesterday and controlled that game early. I thought, and then I think it, what LSU ended up winning by a field goal in that game. Yeah, it was tight, thirty-five, thirty-one, one by four. So, but that's think, that's a heck of a landing spot for Tawey, especially if that came with the scholarship. Yeah, I think uh, I think Mordecai is is done. Um, it's a grown man out there playing. Uh, feel like he's been in college football forever. Oh, hey, by the way, before we hit a timeout, yeah. Um, when uh, Drake Stoops caught ten touchdowns, when was the last time a Sooner caught ten touchdowns or more, double-digit touchdowns? You, have you been researching this for the past hour? Feels no, like you I just did it. Stumble upon it or something. I did it the break after we we talked about it. Um. So, like, three that come to mind automatically, CD, Hollywood. Um, I'm going to go – I'm not going to go that route. I'm going to say that Mark Andrews did it in that 2017 season. No, you're you're right. It's 2019 CD. Oh, okay. And over the last ten years, Drake Stoops has done it, CD Lamb, Hollywood, D.D. Westbrook, and Sterling Shepard. It's – it's a pretty rare, not I mean, not rare, but it's a superstar wide receiver feat. It really was. You don't have. Um, we would have taken those numbers for wide receiver. We spent all off season talking about who the number one wide receiver is going to be. Yeah. If you just said your number one wide receiver would have those numbers, oh god, we would have taken that in a heartbeat. Yeah, not even thought twice about it. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's really impressive. That's why I'm saying, like, I know he caught ten touchdowns, and we just kind of look at that, but. It's been since 2019 since that's happened, and I think we feel like it's just something that happens every single season, and it doesn't. So, Well, I hope that season is – and I don't think it will be taken for granted. I, I just hope that season is celebrated as much as it should be because I think now when people immediately think of Drake, he's, oh, yeah, he's one of my all-time favorite Sooners, the things that he said, the way that he went about things. I like – yeah, all of that for sure. We can continue to talk about that, but let's also talk about the season that he had that he was first team all conference, you know? Right. I mean, that's a hell of a year, man. 
Yeah, and if you want to go all the way back to 2004, which I did, it's it's the same guys. Like Kenny Stills in 12. Ryan Broyles did it. Um, Jermaine Gresham did it. Malcolm Kelly. Um, and Joaquin Iglesias. That's all the way back to 20, uh, 2005. Text line say Nick Anderson has 10 as well, 10 yep. touchdowns. Yep, yep. Um, and Nick did it as a as a freshman, broke the record. Um, and I would argue that I still feel like he should have way more than just 10. So No disagreement from me. I bet next year he does it again. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next. Talking. It's what caught Teddy's eye, brought to you by Yala Gosney Law. Have you heard hiring a lawyer makes your insurance claim take even longer? Not at Yala Gosney Law. They work to keep your claim moving forward and fight delay at every turn. That's Yala Gosney Law, 405-800-8080, 405-800-8080. Let's get to it. Story number one is. Tyler, is Bill Belichick going to get fired in New England? 4-12 and 12 with the Patriots. <sighs> Just that no. thought. I mean, this, this year's been so bad, really, since Tom's left. It's been bad. But just the thought of Bill Belichick, arguably the greatest head coach in NFL history, getting fired. Um, if he doesn't get fired, though, this year, he'll be on a hot seat going into the next, right? Has to yeah. be. Yeah, well, um, I think it goes to show you that no matter no matter what in the NFL, if you don't have like a at least a top-half quarterback, more like a top-10 you're not going to accomplish much of anything. Um, and, you know, they're 4-12. and 12. They got a chance to uh, – they play the Jets. Oh and the gosh. Jets are they terrible. The Jets this week? Jeez. They play the Jets. And if they lose to the Jets, then that's going to be very difficult to stomach. Now, have you followed much of the – Russell Wilson, Denver Broncos situation. Uh, enough of it to know that you know they beat the Chiefs, and that was the biggest win the Broncos had mm-hmm. since they won the Super Bowl with Peyton. <laughs> I mean, maybe like they had a great home crowd. They were like, "Yeah, the home crowd in Denver's back." It was a huge win, and I guess it was the week after that they approached Russell Wilson and said, "So, so a lot of people are, are now like Russell Wilson." He's annoyed a lot of people the past couple of weeks or last couple of years. I think he's getting a lot of sympathy from fans saying, God, the Broncos did him dirty. Well, they did him dirty. Um, and not only is it dirty, it's really it's it's against the rules for the the way the CBA and really the way you do business. I mean, and it just shows you, like, I had questioned some things that they were doing at the end of the end of games. At times, I was like, what the hell is Peyton doing? He's throwing it, intentionally throwing the football game whenever they have a chance to win it with some play calling and shenanigans. And if I was a, a Broncos fan, I'd be pissed. And I, I understand that in the NFL, it's just, you know, because of the way things are, it's part of it. Like you, you kind of have to lose to be able to get back. You know, it's kind of if you don't, you get stuck in that eight and eight. So what do you seven think? They got to such a bad start that he was throwing games at the end. Yes. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I didn't watch I do. enough Broncos games to push back or have an opinion on that. So I'll just let you have it that Sean Payton's a scumbag. Well, I don't. I mean, 
his whole tenure there has been just as bad as Russell Wilson's. I mean, he started off blasting the coach that was there previously, uh, which is really you would think out of character, but um, I don't know. It was weird nonetheless. Now, earlier you talked about Baker Mayfield and the win at Green Bay. Well, they just lost this week to New Orleans, who they are neck and neck with in an NFC uh, South race, and now they got to win this final game. Now they're playing Carolina, which they, they should, should ultimately win. But um, uh, and le- it could be a distraction though for Baker if the uh, owner's drunk and throwing drinks on him on the sideline during the game. <laughs> could be a distraction. That sounds like it's some right up uh, Baker's alley, though. You know. I mean, I mean, what a come tool on. that guy is. Jeez. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, the playoffs are going to be interesting, but I don't know. At this point, you never know what could happen, but I believe that the Baltimore Ravens are the best team in the NFL and are going to win the Super Bowl. God, I can't live in a world, a world where both Harbaugh's win a championship this year. Oh, my gosh. I can can't. you imagine that? I hadn't even thought about <laughs> I don't, that. I don't know. We've seen the Harbaugh Bowl before the Super Bowl, but both winning a championship, no thank you. Hey, well, the uh, the Ravens have won, what, I think like six straight, seven straight, six straight. They hammered the Bengals. Uh, Chargers suck, doesn't matter. They beat the Rams. Uh, they beat the Jaguars in Jacksonville 23-7. They hammered uh, San Francisco on the road, and then they just beat the 11-5 and Miami Dolphins 56-19. They are rolling, dude. Yeah, they are. Uh, That's yeah. all I got. Congratulations to Jaden Billy. We've been waiting on it. Uh, a celebrated couple around here, both elite players. Jaden Billy got engaged over the weekend. What? Congratulations. Yep. It's pretty awesome. How about that? Congratulations. Man, that's cool. Let's just nice. let's just hope the children, uh, plural, uh, will be stars at OU as well. Oh, the bloodline. I mean, the bloodline should be uh, should be all right there. It seems like out. a given. I am pumped up. I am jacked about OU basketball right now. I am. How could you but, not be? One loss going into conference play. The number eleven team in the AP poll. But dang it, Baylor is opening up their brand new arena tonight. Foster Pavilion. Now, the old Farrell Center, that place was a dump. 10,284 mm-hmm. seats, 7,000 seats for uh, Foster Pavilion, another 500 standing room only spots. Texas has a new awesome arena. Uh, if Bama doesn't already have theirs, that's coming. Now, Baylor, if it can happen in Waco, it can happen in Norman. That's all I'm saying. I yeah, hope right. It does. Yeah, right. Think about that. Um, I don't know. I don't even remember. There was supposed to be a vote with the the city council. December, at some something point. in December. Yeah, yeah. There was something going on. I don't know whatever happened to that. Haven't heard. Matt Wells has been in an off the field role for OU here recently. Sounds like he's going to Kansas yeah. State to be their quarterbacks coach. So, oh, best, wow. best of luck to him. Nice. Yeah, that is cool. That is cool. Um, good coach. Now he's been a very important resource uh, for Oklahoma there on the sideline. Kind of acting as head football coach whenever Venables is over there with the defense at times. So, um, I don't know. I'm I'm glad he found a spot, but uh, gonna miss the guy. Good good football coach. You know, yeah, someone that's awesome to have in an off the field role around here as well. 
with uh, so oh, yeah. many others in the SEC having a lot of spots open there for that for that role. Michigan's a four and a half point favorite over Washington. That's the opening line. I don't know how much that line will move. I don't think it'll move to where Washington's the favorite. Maybe it gets down to three, but I just like Washington in the game next Monday. I really do. Yeah. I um, like my final selection. I picked uh, I picked Washington and I picked Alabama. I like the Washington versus Alabama matchup a lot better than I like Washington versus Michigan matchup. I just because Alabama's offensive line just has not been that good. Michigan's is really good, and that's just kind of their game. And I know Washington has some big, strong guys on the interior of that defensive line, but I just I don't know that they're going to be able to stop them, and I think they're going to have limited possessions, which is not the type of game that they want to play. I'm pulling for Washington, but I right now I kind of feel like Michigan's going to win the game. Last one. I got an email today. In Oklahoma, these are the most popular New Year's resolutions for 2024. All right, 45% uh, percentage of the votes improve mental health and reduce stress. Okay. We all like that, right? Yeah. Eat healthier and improve diet is number two. Tied at number two with that is lose weight and get fit. Kind of uh, seems like the same thing. Save money and budget better. Okay. Travel more and explore new places. No. Learn a new skill or hobby. Strengthen relationships with family and friends. Advance in my career or find a new job. And the last one, boy, this is not SEC ready. Reduce drinking consumption. Well, I think that's a natural uh, one after the uh, as you're trying to kick the, <laughs> the New the Year's two Eve weeks. hangover yeah, for Christmas yeah. and New Year's. All right, that was a that was a rough two weeks. I got to stop drinking as much. Well, yeah, let's get back uh, in the next two weeks. I mean, I don't know it. Isn't it bad that, like, that's pretty much the list for a New Year's resolution. There's not much else that you can do on there. And it's the same thing. We say the same thing to ourselves every single year, at least me, and never do anything about it. Nothing. None of it. By the way, great idea. Uh, Operated this way on New Year's Eve. The best way to go about it is to just celebrate the East Coast uh, Time yeah. zone, New Year's Eve. Yeah, that worked out great. It's good. It was awesome. That's what you do. Watch the ball drop. Home make all the kids midnight. think it's midnight, and uh, off you go. It's perfect. All right, quick timeout. We'll come back and wrap hour number two next. Nobody covers your team like the ref. If it's Sooner News and talk you want, it's right here all season long. This is your home for Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Sports Network, KREF.com, and worldwide on the KREF app. There are trucks. Then there's the truck, GMC Sierra, with available features like the V8 engine, the ultimate luxury interior, and of course, the available world's first six-function multi-pro tailgate, GMC Sierra. Not just any truck, the truck. GMC's continued commitment to professional-grade engineering is on full display at your... Then we'd spend nights in front of the boob tube. We'd take our same seats, smoke cigarettes, and watch until the station played... We all smoked in those days. If that was you then, get your lungs screened now. Surviving lung cancer starts with a scan. 
Learn more at ScreenYourLungs.org. This PSA was made possible by industry funding and guidance from lung cancer patient groups. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you the sour of the rush. Shark on the text line says, uh, this goes back to New Year's resolutions. I want to be like Flounder in Animal House. Fat, drunk, and stupid. <laughs> yeah. Something to strive for. At, at least you can... Uh, you have fun. At least you can have a New Year's resolution that you can achieve on day one. All right? Greg from Lawton, Mountain Time Zone gets screwed every New Year's Eve. Well, yeah, I just guess. like the random one to pass, like, yeah, okay, there's Mountain Time Zone. All right, let's get to the <laughs> West Coast now. Right. Yeah, that's funny. Huh. Well... I don't know. I, for one, can't believe it's 2024, uh, but it's here. It's crazy. Um, we get a a new conference, a 12-team playoff, all right at the exact time as we have a presidential election. I mean. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? What could go wrong? <laughs> Gear up, folks. Oh man, this is going to be quite the quite the year, right? You ready for a uh, Doug and Norman text? Oh yeah. Speaking of what could go wrong, Doug from Norman here, driving home from L.A. and the Rose Bowl. Great game and great weather. Happy mm. New Year to both of you. Yeah. Hey, hey, Doug. Happy New Year to you as well. Boy, it looked awesome out I, there, I know that as you're it always does. For that. Uh, you got the the flyover, which is awesome. You get the sunset, which is great. And you got a great football game. The Rose Bowl, uh, all in all, the Rose Bowl is cool. It is, especially when the weather's as awesome as it was yesterday, or when we were out there a few years ago. But Kirk, uh, I just, I really disagree with you, Kirk Herbstreet. He had a tweet today that said, "I've been saying this for many years, and I'll say it one more time. As the world of college football changes in so many ways, I really wish the leaders and decision makers would just make." The Rose Bowl, the host for the national championship. Every year, the setting, beauty, field, and history of that place is unparalleled. Last night was another chapter in its long and incredible history of memorable moments. Mm. It's a cool game. It is, sure. Do I want to have the national championship there every single year? Yeah, no thanks. If we want to talk about a the same location every year for a championship... I mean, college baseball has that. College softball has it. That's fine. I mean, we can do that, but I'd like to not have it on the West Coast where no one really cares about college football. I'd like to have it in a spot where people actually care about the sport. Just my idea. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I I hear what you're saying. I think it, the the scene really is something – uh, the one good thing about it would be you're forced to have the college football season wrapped up on January 1st. <laughs> the Rose Bowl wouldn't allow it any other way. Rose Bowl will not allow January it any other way. January 20th? Yeah, nice try, guys. Let's let's move it up three weeks. Try again. No possible chance that you move it past January 1st. They were ready to tank the entire playoff system both times based on the uh, – the date. Didn't they finally yield on the 12-team date or something? I, they figured something out. Yeah, but again, like last night, that's why the game didn't start till 8 and went on to like 1 a.m. Eastern time, whatever. The Rose Bowl just had to have their time. Had to have the sunset over the over the mountains there. Okay. 
Some people yeah. missed the end of that Sugar Bowl game because of it. Hope it's worth it. Well, I don't know. I We'll figure it out. Let's get to a 12-team playoff, and we'll figure out exactly how it needs to work. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We've got the final hour next. Stay tuned. You're listening to the 